This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell and show up exactly the way you want to. Customize your online store to your style. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR. Live from NPR News, I'm Lakshmi Singh. As patients face fewer IVF treatment options in Alabama, the Senate Republicans' campaign arm is now urging GOP political candidates to express support for access to fertility treatments. NPR's Deirdre Walsh reports on the latest reaction to the Alabama Supreme Court's ruling last week that declared frozen embryos are considered children under state law. A memo from the head of the Senate GOP campaign committee cites overwhelming public support. 85 percent of respondents in polls back continued access to in vitro fertilization treatments. It urges candidates to publicly oppose any restrictions to IVF or other fertility treatments adding, quote, framing such opposition as a defense of family values and individual freedom. Democrats argue Republican candidates have established records opposing women's reproductive freedom, and the issue will be a key focus in November's races to determine control of the Senate. Deirdre Welsh, NPR News. Former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley said she sided with the Alabama court's ruling and considered frozen embryos babies. Haley's getting ready for tomorrow's GOP primary in her home state and faces a tough battle to overcome former President Donald Trump's overwhelming lead in the polls. In Berkeley County, Haley raised the matter of Trump's age. Don't you think we need to have mental competency tests for anyone over the age of 75? Look, I'm not being disrespectful when I say that. We all know people over the age of 75 that can run circles around us. Trump 77, President Biden's 81. President Biden's formally announced sweeping sanctions against Russia over Russia's invasion of Ukraine two years ago tomorrow. The sanctions also target Russian officials who oversaw the incarceration of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, who died suddenly a week ago. The Washington, D.C. public radio station WAMU is laying off 15 people and closing its local news site, DCist. NPR's David Folkenflik reports the station's leaders say it's part of a renewed focus on audio. WAMU's chief executive, Erica Pulley-Hayes, told staffers that some positions for audio specialists and producers will be added and that the station intends to start a new local radio show and to expand political coverage throughout D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. She says the audience has not been as loyal to the D.C.est brand as WAMU itself. That said, numerous laid-off staffers said they did reporting in audio and digital platforms alike, including podcasts. Jen White, host of the WAMU-based show 1A, posted on X that she was heartbroken, writing, quote, The steady loss of local coverage is devastating for communities and our democracy. The WAMU cuts follow a year of media layoffs across the country, including in public radio, newspapers, and digital outlets, all at a time when other sectors of the economy are humming along at a healthy clip. That's David Folkenflik. This is NPR News. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre reacted today to the death of Nex Benedict, a 16-year-old Oklahoma student whose family says was routinely bullied at school because of their gender identity. As a parent, I was absolutely heartbroken to learn about Nex Benedict's death. Every young person deserves to feel safe and supported at school. Local Owasso authorities have been under pressure to disclose details of Benedict's cause of death earlier this month, a day after the teen was beaten in the girls' bathroom at school. The cause of death is still under investigation. 
For decades, the Hugo Awards have honored the best in science fiction literature, but now the prestigious award is facing controversy over potential nominees being flagged for their political beliefs. Here's NPR's Andrew Limbong. The Hugo Awards are run by the World Science Fiction Convention, and the host city last year was Chengdu, China. After the winners were announced, there were authors missing from the long list who many fans figured were shoe-ins for at least a nomination. Diane Lacey was part of the Hugo Awards committee that year, and she recently leaked emails showing she was asked by Hugo administrator Dave McCarty to scan the English-language nominees for potential red flags. Mentions of Tibet, Taiwan, anything that would be seen as a problem in China. McCarty has since stepped down from his role as Hugo administrator and organizers for this year's awards to be held this summer in Glasgow are vowing more transparency to regain trust among fans. Andrew Limbong, NPR News. The Dow's closed up 62 points to end the day at 39,131. It's NPR News.